You're listening to the Gateway Franklin Church Podcast. To learn more about Gateway Franklin Church, including our service times here in Franklin, Tennessee, visit us online at gatewayfranklin.com. And now, here is this week's message. This seems very strange for me. To know that this is the last time I will speak to you as a member of staff, maybe one of these times Pastor Charlie will invite me back as a special guest speaker. (laughs) I entitled this message, Endings and Beginnings, and isn't that really what most of life is all around? We end one phase and we begin another. Life is filled with them, endings and beginnings. In Genesis chapter 1, the earth is described as formless and void, but this ends with God's creative process and a new beginning takes its place as God brings about life in all of its vast variations. Our lives are filled with endings and beginnings. Birth brings an end to our time in the safety and comfort of the womb, the beginning of our journey here on earth. School brings an end to our time in the cocoon of family and the beginning of our exploration of discovering who we are and what we're called to do in life. Graduation from school brings an end to formal education and the beginning of the application of what we've learned. Marriage and family bring an end to a life focused for the most part on ourselves and the beginning of learning and practicing loving others ahead of ourselves. Retirement brings an end to our daily labor and the beginning of experiencing some of the fruit of our labor. Most of all, coming into a relationship with God through Christ Jesus is an end to our separation from God and the beginning of a whole new life that starts right here, right now on earth, but reaches right out into eternity. Our God is a God of planning and purpose. He's also a God of perfect timing. This is what the wise man says in Ecclesiastes. There's a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Today marks both an ending and a beginning in my life. It's an end to 15 years of pastoral ministry here at Gateway and the beginning of the next phase of my life beyond being your associate pastor. So many of you have asked me what's next. Frankly, my answer has been I'm not sure what I am sure about as this was the time for my retirement. And the fact that I'm not certain what's next doesn't feel uncomfortable to me. 
My own experience as a follower of Jesus over the last 40 years is that God has never revealed very much to me in the future about my future. Perhaps it's because he knows that my tendency would be either to get too far out in front or lag too far behind. So there's also a time for me to be on staff here at Gateway and a time to retire. While I'm coming off your ministerial staff, Georgetta and I are not leaving Franklin or or Gateway Church. Franklin is our home here on earth, and you, Gateway, you're our church family. So God willing, you will still see us here with you worshiping in the future. I also plan to continue to do pastoral counseling. Some of you, that's good news, some maybe not. Just as Pastor Charlie feels it's appropriate for me to do, and I will also continue to co-lead our life group with my teaching partner, Derek Fleming. So in summary, while I'm retiring from a staff position at Gateway, my plan is to continue to serve and to worship here with you. When I was in graduate school back in the early 1970s, my plan was to get my Ph.D. in history and teach at the college level. For reasons that would take way too long to explain this morning, I decided not to go on for my PhD and I ended my academic career. I ended my dream of teaching history. I began a 30-year career in the business world. I started in the insurance industry but spent most of those years in information technology and communications. And over those 30 years, I had numerous sales, sales management and marketing management positions working for several Fortune 25 companies as well as entrepreneurial startup ventures. At the end of those 30 business years, Georgetta and I knew something was different ahead for us. The company that I was working for at the time was downsizing its employee workforce on an annual basis. So I went to my division president, which you were not supposed to do, and I volunteered to be placed on the list of those who would be downsized. He was gracious. I received a very nice package from the company, and the next fall I enrolled at the Church of God Theological Seminary. It was the end of my 30-year business career and the beginning of a whole new stage of my life as I prepared for ministry. Those of you that know me well know I am an off-the-scale analytic, and the ministry that I thought I was headed for was in the field of apologetics. Apologetics is a third-party ministry engaged in defending the faith through systematic argumentation and discourse, something I felt like I could be very good at. Georgetta would probably say that's true. Chuck Colson was a great apologist. He was one of my heroes at the time. Three years later, after I had completed my seminary coursework, I was writing my thesis. The phone rang. It was an unexpected call from Pastor Charlie. Now, Georgetta and I had worked, as he said, with Pastor Charlie for seven years on the mission board at Mount Perrin North, and we knew that he and Gina were moving to Tennessee to plant a new church in the Nashville area. So Pastor Charlie asked me, he said, do you have plans following graduation? To which I responded, well, I I have some irons in the fire, but no one had much money. He replied, I don't have much money either, but asked if he could come and talk to me about what would become Gateway. 
Of course, I said yes, and Pastor Charlie and I spent most of the day talking about the future of Gateway Church and what our various responsibilities might be. So I said, well, I will talk with Georgetta, we'll pray about it, and we will get back to you on a timely basis. I did talk to Georgetta, we did pray about it, it didn't take much time to think and pray, and we felt strongly that this is what God had for us in the next stage of our lives. So we called Charlie and said yes. It was an end to my dream of apologetics ministry and the beginning of a new life in pastoral ministry. When I shared what had happened with some of my fellow seminary students, they affirmed our decision. When I asked why they thought I should pursue pastoral ministry, their response to me was, that's who you are. I had never seen myself as a pastor. But others saw a pastor in me. I've said I'm an off-the-scale analytic. And in considering whether or not to go into pastoral ministry, I had prepared three pages of pluses and minuses. <laughs> then Georgetta asked me if I had heard from the Lord, and I said, not yet. I asked her the same question, and she said, yes. She said the Lord had told her two things. I asked her what he had said, and she said, well, she thought that I needed to hear directly from the Lord. I said, well, if he told you, I think I need to hear what he said to you. <laughs> she said that in calling me to pastoral ministry, the Lord had two questions. Really, they were two requirements for me. First, could I come under Pastor Charlie's authority? And second, could I love his people? That's you. I knew immediately this was the Lord speaking, and I threw away my three pages of pluses and minuses, and I began to pray around these two things, these two requirements, coming under Pastor Charlie's authority and my ability to love you, the Lord's people. The Apostle Paul makes it clear that we are all people under authority. I knew from my past, both in the military and in the business world, the importance of recognizing and responding appropriately to authority. While working together with Pastor Charlie on the mission board for seven years at Mount Perrin, we had developed a relationship of trust and respect, but I also knew that wasn't the same as working together day by day. As I thought and prayed about coming under Pastor Charlie's authority, I believed strongly that the answer to this first requirement for pastoral ministry was yes. I could definitely place myself under Pastor Charlie's authority. Over these last 15 years, Pastor Charlie, I have never questioned your authority as lead pastor. And however imperfectly, I've always tried to come alongside you and compliment your ministry with my own. As to the second, God's requirement to love you, his people. Again, I know I've done this imperfectly. But my heart was in the right place. I know that God has given me his love for you. Georgetta and I have said numerous times to each other, these 15 years have been the very best of our lives. 
Pastor Charlie, Georgetta and I are grateful that you sought the Lord before starting Gateway and that you heard from him to contact us and invite us to join you and Gina in planting this congregation. I'm aware many startup congregations fail in the first few years of their existence, but I never, never entered my mind that that might happen here at Gateway. We trusted this was God's call, and we responded by trusting him to direct us in the process. We are forever grateful to the Lord for calling us here to Gateway and giving us his heart to love and serve you, the congregation, alongside Pastor Charlie and Gina. While I've been reflecting on my call to come alongside Charlie and serve this congregation, let me take the opportunity to share the 15 years of service that Georgetta has given Gateway Church. When we moved here, Georgetta had resigned her position with an Israeli software company, and she had agreed to take on the responsibilities of Gateway's financial reports. Then her company pursued her again and told her that she could work out of our home here in Franklin, and after seeking the Lord, she accepted the offer. Georgetta wound up working full-time in the private sector while also managing the financial side of Gateway Church. Later, she would leave the private sector, devote full-time to Gateway, where she has faithfully and most competently served as our business administrator and a member on Gateway staff. Georgetta has been a great life partner to me, and she's been an invaluable resource to Gateway Church over these first 15 years of its life. As I retire from my position as associate pastor, I want to share one of my personal favorite life scriptures. It's Jesus' commandment on love. John 13, 34, and 35, this is what Jesus says. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So a good question to ask ourselves is, what does God's love for us look like? Jesus said, greater love than this no one has, that he lay down his life for his friends. And the premise behind these verses is God's call to put others' welfare ahead of our own. So how do we love others sacrificially as he loves us? What does laying down our lives for our friends look like today? I believe there are three principles from the life of Jesus that we need to apply in laying down our lives in the power of the Holy Spirit. They are first, Jesus came willingly. Second, Jesus came lovingly. Third, Jesus came obediently. Jesus didn't have to have his arm twisted before he decided to come. He came of his own free will, knowing the extreme cost of bringing us back to the Father. He chose the difficult route, knowing he was the only way for any of us to come into the presence of his Holy Father. John 18.37, Jesus says this, You were right in saying that I am a king. In fact, for this reason I was born, and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth 
listens to me. Jesus stepped out of glory and he stepped into a broken, sinful world filled with people who were separated from a holy God. God is love and mercy, but God is also just, and his justice had to be satisfied. So Jesus willingly came to earth, and he willingly went to the cross to pay the price for our sins. He paid the price for us who had been forever separated from God by sin, and he did so willingly. God's justice was satisfied at the cross where the only innocent one ever paid the price for all of us who were guilty rebels against God. Second, Jesus came lovingly. Jesus said, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. It was the great love of God that compelled Jesus to come and lay down his life for us. His sacrifice wasn't merely a requirement for us to come into relationship with the Father. His sacrifice was the greatest act of love across all of time. It was the only innocent one lovingly paying a debt that he didn't owe for those who were unable to pay the debt for ourselves. We had offended him, but in his great love, he paid our price, and he enabled us to come back to the great love of the Father. You and I owe him everything, everything that we are or everything that we ever will be, we owe to his coming lovingly to bring us back to the Father. Worship team, if you'll come back up. Third, Jesus came obediently. In John 6, 38 through 40, Jesus says, For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all that he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Jesus put the desire of his Father for our salvation ahead of his own desire, even his own life. In fulfilling the great will of the Father, Jesus modeled for us what real loving obedience to God is. Like Jesus, all of us who have placed our trust in him are called to live a life of obedience to our loving Father. To place the will of God above our own. The Apostle John said it this way, I ask that we love one another, and this is love, that we walk in obedience to his commands. As you have heard from the beginning, his command is that you walk in love. John tightly connects love and obedience in these verses. You see, obedience is a natural result of living in the great love of God. 
God gives us his great love through our Lord Jesus Christ, and we return his love as we walk in obedience to his direction. This is who we are in Christ. Those who have chosen to willingly trust God. Those who lovingly serve God. Those who obediently live our lives to bring God glory. We don't do these things in the power of our human nature. We do them by yielding ourselves to the leading and empowerment of the Holy Spirit who directs us as the children of God to live out our new life in Christ. Words are totally insufficient to express my eternal gratitude for the opportunity and blessing of serving here in these first 15 years of our congregation. So I end this message and end my time here on staff. Let me once again thank all who made it possible for me to serve as your associate pastor over these first 15 years of this congregation's life. It's been an incredible experience, much more than I could ever have thought about or even imagined. Thank you, Father, for your great grace that would call someone like me to come under Pastor Charlie's authority and to love your people here at Gateway. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for making this possible for your loving kindness, which has been greater than all of my weaknesses and shortcomings and given me the love I needed to share with your people. Thank you, Pastor Charlie, for seeking and hearing the Lord and asking us to join you in what has been the best 15 years of our lives. Thank you, elders, for stepping up and loving our people and for being my friends. Thank you, members of Gateway, for your love and service, for making this a place where the Lord can bring others to find healing and wholeness in their lives and then find their place ministering to others. In the 1946 Academy Award-winning film, The Best Years of Our Lives, chronicled World War II veterans returning home from combat and struggling to rejoin a peacetime America. These 15 years at Gateway have been the best years of my life. Now, Georgetta and I trust the Lord to continue to direct our path. And we commend you, the Gateway congregation, into his great care and his great plan. know that we love you. We look forward to seeing what God will do here at Gateway in the years ahead. And the sons and daughters of God set together. We hope you were encouraged and challenged by today's message. Again, to learn more about Gateway Franklin Church, find us online at gatewayfranklin.com. Thanks for joining us today.